Welcome to the Institute of Barristers Clark's podcast, the podcast that provides an insight into the Clarking world. It is an opportunity for members old and new to share with you all their wonderful knowledge and insights of Clarking and how it has evolved since the Institute formed 100 years ago. My name is Stephen Wright and I am the Senior Clerk at 7BR and today I'll be joined by Lucy Burrows, Sean Huckett and Jackie Chase. Lucy started her clerking career at One Essence Court in 2000 before moving to Essex Court Chambers in 2007. In 2010, she took a career break to raise her children before returning to clerking in 2017. Lucy is a team leader of the SILK team at Free Verland Buildings. Lucy sits on the IBC's Exec Committee and runs its mentoring scheme. Additionally, she sits on the Bar Council's Wellbeing at the Bar Committee and is a member of the Working Group for Middle Temple's Talent Retention Scheme. Sean started her clerking career at Old Square Chambers in 2005. She moved to Keating Chambers in 2006 before moving to Fountain Court Chambers in 2008 where she has successfully moved through the ranks to a current position of Deputy Senior Clerk which she has held since 2018. Sean is a member of the Institute of Barristers Clerks and is an active member of the IBC Management Committee and Equality and Diversity Committee. She is also involved in various subcommittee initiatives through the IBC, including access to clerking and mentoring. Jackie has been involved in Chambers administration for over 25 years. Her first position was at One Gray's Inn before moving to 25 Bedford Row in 1997, where she became head of administration. She held that role until the start of 2020 where she joined Essex Court Chambers to become their operations manager. Jackie is a full member of the Institute of Barristers Clerks and is also involved in the Bar Council where she sits on the EDSM committee and the IT panel. Ladies, welcome to the podcast for the IBC. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Well, that intro was ridiculously long in my eyes. I've never had three <laughs> people sit on something like this, so we'll give this a whirl. Um, so obviously we're here today to, to just talk about um, the equality and diversity and inclusion and what that brings to the IBC. So all three of you have all been in Chambers environment for some time now and have been heavily involved in promoting equality, diversity and inclusion. But how do you think that this has evolved in that time? Um, let's kick off with Lucy, please. So, as you have already alluded to, I've been clerking, um, I started clerking in 2000, and um, I think we probably all recognise that historically Chambers was a relatively inflexible and traditional environment, and inherently it made it difficult to promote equality, diversity and inclusion. Gender diversity has definitely improved, um, but what we feel um, now, just obviously being fellow females on the panel, um, is that we should be looking to focus on the retention of women. So getting people to more senior positions um, like ourselves have fortunately been able to to rise through the ranks too. Um, but also it's really important that we do not only just look at gender, um, we look at widening the pool. So the diversity more broadly rather than just gender. I think one of the things that's come out of the pandemic is that it's shown everybody that you don't have to be in chambers 100% of the time of the working week in order for the business to be successful and effective and efficient. And I think um, one of the, that's one of the positive side effects of the pandemic is that it's pulled 
the uh, very traditional structure of the bar into the 21st century and begun to give us and allow us to demonstrate how being flexible and providing people with more opportunities can actually benefit your business because you are, um, you know, you've got greater choice and greater breadth of the, of the people you can employ in your business if you can be more flexible about it. So you talked there about the um, the pandemic and what it's done in relation to sort of, you know, I assume you're talking about sort of the working from home policies, et cetera, that Chambers bring in. But are there, are there do you think there's any other sort of initiatives that the, um, you know, ch- other Chambers can do or, you know, your Chambers personally, do you, you feel that they can do to improve, you know, the equality and diversity for not just women but other other races as well? Thanks, Steve. Um, so historically, um, I've actually been fortunate enough to work with uh, the Stephen or alongside the Stephen Lawrence Trust. Um, and I attended a careers talk to a southeast London school, um, which was um, a few years ago now, so pre-pandemic. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic, that has um, put pay to kind of recent um, talks. But I've Prior to that, I'd also gone into other schools um, where I've spoken about raising awareness of, of a career um, in both clerking, but also more broadly in, in chambers. And I think what we all feel when we were uh, kind of catching up about what we might be covering today is that we need to be getting into schools much earlier on um, and talking to students at kind of years eight, nine, before they're looking to take their GCSEs and, and choose their subjects um, so that we can encourage them that, you know, academics are still obviously very important, but just to raise awareness. And I think that's something that both the IBC and actually Chambers independently could really assist with by going in and, and raising awareness, talking to schools, letting careers advisors know what a great career it can be in, in Chambers if you want to kind of branch into that. At the moment, it still feels like, certainly I remember when, which was quite some time ago now, but when I was in sixth form and I told my careers advisor that I was going to become a barrister's clerk, it was very much, well, what's what's that? But I, unfortunately, I don't think it's changed that dramatically since then. And I still think there is a real lack of knowledge about um, Chambers life and what goes on in Chambers beyond um, just being a barrister. And I say that quite you know without barristers obviously we would have our jobs but um there there is much more um opportunity than what perhaps some people do realize so i think definitely getting into schools and talking to to children at a much younger uh, younger age to raise awareness would be really beneficial and then potentially off the back of that whether or not we could look jointly to kind of set up more of a advanced work experience program if if chambers do have um you know the ability to offer work experience placements i think that's that would be really beneficial as well I think that's another thing that Chambers could work together on um, in terms of offering work experience because, once again, the pandemic and the growth of flexible working has pulled away from people being able or in a position to offer a week or two of work experience where they would come in and literally just shadow someone because that person often isn't there for the whole week now. And one of the things we've done is to put together a a two-day programme to allow groups of two or three pupils to come into chambers and spend some time with some key members of staff, perhaps work on some problem-solving exercises um, to give them an idea of, of the sort of things um, that you might be able, you know, you might be asked to do if you're working in chambers. 
and that feels more comfortable for them. But also it's all about, as Sean said, raising awareness and letting the biggest pool of talent we can possibly reach know that this is a career that's available for everybody, that there are no there are no barriers. And that if you're willing to work hard, you can, you know, you can have a really good career. Um, moving just briefly away from the entrance level point, when we're talking about the retention of any talent, you know, whether it's, you know, in any group, we need to look at the the network around those people supporting those individuals, not within just within your own chambers, or your own HR and so on and so forth. But clerks have always had a really tight network where we talk about things openly and I think it's a wonderfully kind of unique part of our our profession really and in terms of I mean the IBC obviously has its mentoring scheme and the great thing about that is it allows people with shared experiences to 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 talk to one another and give one another advice throughout your career um, and there's various things that happen throughout your career that that might be unique to you, but they're actually probably shared uh, amongst others. Um, you know, let's, you know, parental leave or moving between promotions or moving chambers or practice areas. The ability to be able to share and talk about those experiences with others is really helpful. And I think it's, you know, there's the IB, you know, to the IBC's um, credit that we've got that in, in place. Um, Sean, you mentioned that you were um, you was at college, were you, when you realised you wanted to be a clerk? No, so I actually, um, I at the age of fourteen, um, I wanted I'd done work experience in a solicitor's firm, and I actually intended to be a solicitor, but um, I found exams quite stressful, and so coursework side, I'd always get really, really good results. Um, but I always went to pieces in exams. So I decided I'd stayed on to do my A-levels at sixth form um, at my comprehensive school, passed my A-levels all fine. But actually, um, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to Deck Redmond, who was then at Wilberforce through a friend of a friend. Um, and he was just talking to me about his job when I was 14, 15. Um, we were out with our respective families in a, in a pub. Um, and he offered me a one-week summer placement at Wilberforce Chambers. So I went in and uh, gave up a week of my summer holidays, but really, really enjoyed. And at that age, I just decided that's what I was going to do. Um, so I wanted to ensure that I had all my academics um, kind of achievements behind me. So I stayed on, did A-levels. And then um, that last summer, so after I turned 18, I, I applied for various jobs, um, not through any connections, through being introduced by Will Before Chambers or anything like that. I just joined the IBC, um, applied for for jobs, and I was fortunate to get the the first role that I went for at um, Old Square Chambers, um, and then the rest is the rest is history, as, so, they, say. <laughs> as yeah. they say. So I, um, the way I joined my first Chambers was that I found a job up in London, and just got back in the day they used to have all these jobs on a, jobs on a Thursday in the back of the Evening Standard, and I applied a bit like yourself, applied for my first role got it and even to this day my friends still call, call me a glorified t-boy <laughs> lucy how do we change that perception you know you you've been talking about you know the three of you have been talking about sort of promoting um but I, I i still to this day really when people ask me what i do there are so a number a wide breadth of things that i do on a daily basis but how how do we sort of hone that in to narrow that down 
I think it's really important that we change the way in which we individually talk about our jobs. Most clerks, in my experience, have imposter syndrome. Most of us are waiting to be tapped on the shoulder and told that we, you know, they found us out and we need to leave. When in fact, the skills that you need as a clerk are, are quite um, difficult skills. You need to be good negotiators. You need to be really, really excellent with reading people and understanding what makes them tick. You need to be a, you know, a fantastic problem solver. You need to be able to manipulate people sometimes. You need to be able to deliver bad news. Those are really quite difficult skills to live, you know, to live side by side. Um, so I think we, we actually are sometimes our worst enemies because we say, oh, well, we sort of, you know, we just kind of blag it for a living or, um, well, we just do this sort of knockabout type job. So I think to some extent we need to take ownership of the way in which we talk about ourselves. Um, and I think as the pool of people that are coming into the profession widens, we don't all look or sound the same anymore. Um, and I think that's probably helpful. Thank you. And Jackie, just leading on from what Lucy just said, but you know, obviously, when you're in year eight, year nine of school, um, you don't know what you're doing. I thought I was going to be a famous DJ at that age. But how, so how do we sort of like, you know, how do we put it across to them, you know, and sort of say that this this is the career for you, you know, because already in the time, you know, in the time that the four of us have done this role, not just clerking, but it's just evolved so much. There's more CEOs, there's more marketing managers that have come in, uh, HR, you know, IT, et cetera, et cetera. I think, um, as Sean said, it's about raising the awareness. It's about people who already do the jobs, who already do the roles, who can talk about them on a, on a day-to-day basis, going out, reaching out to the schools and the, 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 the potential candidates that are out there and um, engaging with them and using something that kicks off a little bit of inspiration in them that kicks it off for them to think, oh, I might be interested in, in that. Um, sometimes it's it's using a an amusing anecdote. It's 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 using a, a time when you've solved a problem for a barrister that was that was actually quite funny or quite you know quite engaging um, or even quite dramatic. That you, you know you you've solved this problem and that you didn't need to be a genius at maths or physics to solve this problem, that you had all the skills that, that Lucy talked about earlier and you've used those skills to solve this problem and ultimately that solving that problem has led to the barrister being able to go to court, to put forward his case, to win his case, to win the case for the client. Maybe it's that you you kept a client happy one way or another. It's It's about... Um, giving them good examples of where the job is challenging, but that you get real satisfaction from solving that challenge, that it's not just sitting at a desk pushing pieces of paper around, that there's a real intellectual challenge, but that you don't need to be Einstein and have a degree in physics (laughs) to solve those problems. Because we all know the really good clerks are the ones that you can throw anything at and they just come out with the you know we've got great problem solving skills in chambers we've all done that we've all sat around the 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 clerking desk and said what am I going to do this is my issue how do I solve it 
and everybody chips in and it's, it's a team effort to to resolving it and and that's it's trying to get that across i think and we make it look easy as well and sometimes it's no, really no, not yeah, no, that's very true. <laughs> when jackie you started that explanation there i had an image of jeff carr doing a tiktok video <laughs> Explaining, explaining <laughs> the IBC, <laughs> how clothing's evolved, etc., etc. Uh, There's a challenge. Okay, moving on from EDNI, um, can you tell me what do you enjoy most about working in the chambers environment? Um, kind of linked in, I suppose, to actually why um, you know what the point, what you've touched on, and, and making you know, if we're talking to years eight and nine, um, how do we? make our jobs um, sound enticing and interesting. One of the things that I really like about the job is meeting new people from completely different backgrounds that you might not ordinarily ever come across or you might not if you didn't have a career in, in a barrister's chambers. Um, so whether that be uh, you, your members within your chambers, um, solicitors that instruct you, that you build relationships and, and a trusted network with, um, that you ultimately end up marketing to as you become more more senior, um, or your fellow colleagues and, and clerks that you work with in chambers. I like I like the fact that you know everyone's come from a completely different background, and from that, I th- I think you can find it um, truly inspiring, um, and actually. It helps with your own kind of progression, both personally and professionally, um, and allows you really to kind of develop and and grow um, into kind of the clerk or member of staff within chambers that you want to become. I think you also get the opportunity quite often to to start carving out your own role, which you don't get in corporate environments. If you have a particular skill set or a particular ability to to deal with a certain set of issues or you can see the way the market's moving and you you know you're given an opportunity to develop that and to work with chambers and to show them where you can add value to their to their product if you like or to or to their to their business and you 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 don't get that in in corporate environments lucy was saying that earlier on yeah, it's a very meritocratic environment and therefore there aren't the same kind of corporate hoops that you have to jump through and you have to get to this level and then you have to, we all have objectives and, and that we need to meet, of course, but there aren't, there's no fixed set model to progress your career. And I think that that is really unique. And if you work hard and you're reliable you will be successful as a clerk. I think what I like about this job, it's different every day. Yeah. I think there's there's so many things that have been thrown at me, and I think that each level you rise up the pecking order, that it just evolves so much as well. Well, Jackie, you said earlier, didn't you, that you don't ever know what you're going to see. You don't know what your day is going to have in store for you. You don't. There are routine tasks that everybody does, but you never know when you walk through the door and and, and, and sit down at the desk or when you log on in the morning if you happen to be working remotely. You just do not know what's going to come at you. It could be something really technical and that challenges your brain. It could be a sanction for a country that you, you're doing work from and suddenly everybody's turning to you and saying, what do we do about this sanction? How do we, how do we, how do we deal with this? It could be a regulatory 
um, a, a new regulation or a new compliance regime that, that's being brought in by by the BSB or by HMRC, and suddenly you're being asked, well, well, how do we deal with this? And and you've got to go away, you've got to research it, you've got to find what what the answer is, you've got to come back, you've got to make it work for your chambers. You just never know. It could be as simple as, my goodness, the coffee machine's broke. How do we fix it? Mm-hmm. And you could bring as many smiles to faces by fixing a coffee machine as you can by solving a really complex tax question. Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because you don't know what it's going to be that day. Is it going to be the tax question or is it going to be the coffee machine? Who knows? I think mm-hmm. um, David Goddard said in, in the previous podcast, it's a light bulb moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I must admit, if I got an email about IT, it's an instant delete and someone else can pick that up. <laughs> um, just moving on again. So you're both, all three of you are in sort of senior positions in, in chambers. But obviously, we've got these young, aspiring sort of um, people coming through the ranks. What bit of a, one piece of advice could you each give them? Um, I'd say have ambition and be creative. Um be open-minded and prepared to adapt and adjust. There's no one size that fits all, as Lucy alluded to earlier. Um, I think that's really important um, to, to show creativity in, in your role. I'd say never be afraid to try something. Never, never, never be scared to try something. Never, never say, I can't do that. Never, ever say, I can't. Just give it a go. Just give it your best shot. See where that takes you. I would say lift as you climb, which I've nicked from um, an author, but look out for other people as you climb up the ladder because, um, you know, we're all in it together or we, we should be all in it, it together. It sounds like someone's going to stab you in the back there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me, I promise. <laughs> what you're saying, be wary of Sean. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Always be wary of Sean. Um, okay, so I've got a question for you all that's not on our list of things that we do that we've spoken about today this is completely random and while i've been sitting here i've just been thinking about it and i thought oh that'll do um so you're all this is hypothetically by the way so you're all on death row what would be your last free course meal oh um okay i'll go first because it would be really easy i'd have Prawn cocktail, steak and chips, and Black Forest Gatto. And if that doesn't put me firmly in the 1980s, I don't know what else does. <laughs> Take me back to my youth, that mm. does. <laughs> well, I've just had a, a foodie weekend, actually. I was fortunate enough to go to um, Padstow. Um, so whilst it's fresh in my mind, um, I would probably have something like oysters um, or some form of shellfish to start, followed by lobster. Uh, I love lobster thermidor, so proper <laughs> indulgence. And I don't have a sweet tooth. I like to say I'm sweet enough. Um, so I'd go for a cheese board. Calorific indulgence and lots of wine to wash it down. Sorry, but you, you can't have a cheese board as a dessert. It doesn't work. You can absolutely you, you can, can. it's her last meal <laughs> she can have what she wants <laughs> come on lucy finish us off i i would go for some this sounds so boring i'd go for some kind of salad situation to start maybe some basil and tomato then i'd go steak and chips for sure with broccoli or some greens and a crumble that makes me a bit 80s as well jackie yeah it's a long crumble with, custard, my age, with custard or ice cream though both it's my last meal for god's sake <laughs> exactly and Why some not? champagne obviously yeah definitely all about the fizz 
Right. I want to thank all three of you for your time this afternoon. It's been a great pleasure to interview you all. Thank you for listening to the IBC podcast. Join us next time for more insights into the world of clerking. And remember to share the podcast with anyone else you think may be interested.